This podcast is brought to you by Bonus Room Productions and We Own This Town. I am Jason T. Mears Esquire. And I'm Kelly Hoyle Bullock. And we are San Dimas Today. How's it going, Kelly? Going pretty good, JT. Just ate some tacos. Feeling good. Ready to talk about Too Fast, Too Furious. Oh, that's fantastic. I uh, My wife made a wonderful jambalaya tonight. Not the world's most authentic, but nonetheless okay. delicious. Uh, we use some um, Polish sausage instead of andouille because I'm little hard to find right now we we did we we did everything else upright and it was it was it was delicious it was delicious so no complaints here uh too fast too furious man i want i want your initial thoughts just lay it out for me okay when they were like let's jump a car off a bridge onto a boat and make a movie about it my mind was blown and you know it was only at the end of the movie that i discovered that that's how it all had to have gone down. Uh, the fact that it was kind of standalone uh, threw me off, that there's only like two people from the original movie that are in it. Yeah, yeah. I did a little digging and uh, did find some info as to why it all went down that way, but we can talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm like, and, and I definitely want to dig into that, but it's crazy, right? Because you look at The Fast and the Furious, the first movie, right? It, it was an unexpected hit. I think they expected a modest success from like a late summer movie. And then it just really, really exploded into the zeitgeist. And then they're like, okay, we got to make a second one. And then they probably started making that second one like right away. It was probably in theaters. And then they called the screenwriters up and they're like, all right, we need number two now. Go. And then like they announced Too Fast, Too Furious, which I would submit to you as one of the best sequel titles of all time. I mean, just. It, it, yeah, is it cheesy? Yeah, but man, I mean, like it, it, it gets right to the heart of what Fast and the Furious is, right? Like too fast, too furious. Got the the, the right. number two in place of the word. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's just <laughs> great. Uh, way better than the squeak wool. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, if we're, it, because if we can compare this to any franchise, it would probably be Elvin and the Chipmunks. So you're going into the theater and you're like. Man, I can't wait to see more of uh, Brian and Toretto and like how this relationship really, really amps up and like uh, intensifies and what they where they go next. And then you show up and it's like, OK, it's Brian and uh, uh, this Brian. Other yeah, it's Brian. <laughs> it's it's the Brian show, which, um, you know, Paul Walker, he, he definitely has his attributes. Right. Like we, we talked about this last time. He has a definite uh, charisma. It's it's almost a James Dean, Keanu Reeves type thing. He could totally carry a thing on his own. But Fast and the Furious was really, really Vin Diesel's movie, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. It, it's just shocking to me that this is the sequel that we ended up with. Yeah. It's so, you know, you had asked me on the last episode, what was I expecting in the sequel? And of course, the sequel did not meet any of those expectations. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. And, it, and it's to the point where like, if you, what type of racing is in the fast and the furious, when you think of the racing in the fast and the furious, what type of racing is that? Right. Drag racing, one yeah. straight line. Yep. One straight line. What type of racing is in too fast, too furious on the streets with it's street turns racing. and things. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> It's actual racing. And I will say this, as far as uh, Too Fast, Too Furious versus The Fast and the Furious, for my money, the racing sequences in Too Fast, Too Furious blow the original out of the water. 
Completely agree. They were the best parts of the movie by far. The opening scene, and then in the middle when you had that, uh, and we'll come back to the cartoony villain in Argentinian face uh, here in a minute, but when when he made everybody go on a, a race contest for him, and then Paul Walker's got to drive backwards and does all that stuff. And, yeah, and, and I, I will submit to you, the technical term is race contest. Okay. A race contest. Yeah. <laughs> a race contest. <laughs> to uh, to uh, recover the cigars from the dock, which is, <laughs> that's actually how I got my first job as a lawyer. Um, the partners okay. at the law firm were like, okay, here are the keys. Take the skyline and you've got to recover cigars from a port uh, <laughs> from me. Uh, so anyway, that, that's how I became a lawyer. Yeah, but I mean, the racing is really, really good in this movie. Everything else, not so much. Cast-wise, we've alluded to some characters being introduced in this movie that will live on in some of the sequels, which I'm going to gather. Tyrese Gibson, uh, Ludacris. I've, I feel and hope that we will see them again. But uh, also loved Eva mm-hmm. Mendez. James Remar, of our course. boy Ajax from The Warriors, popping up as the, yeah. uh, the asshole agent. Yeah. Great. Oh, man, so good. And then, uh, and then Cole Hauser... And I looked this up. He is Hollywood royalty. This man is of the Warner family. Like his mom founded Warner Brothers Film Production and his grandfather founded Warner Brothers. Okay, so it was his grandfather Wacko or Yakko? (laughs) I'm not sure. (laughs) But I can tell you this. He does not make a convincing Argentinian uh, gangster or drug lord. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was kind of doing like a really poor imitation of Ricardo Montalban, <laughs> you know, and like Ricardo Montalban, I, I feel was doing a poor imitation of himself most of his career. So he seemed, <laughs> uh, well, I felt like, uh, Cole Hauser just kind of felt like, oh my God, they've, they've actually tanned my skin for this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, okay. So with Cole Hauser though, this, this let, let's fold this back a little bit, like put a pin in Cole Hauser. Because this movie was directed by somebody, and you were shocked. You, you told me this on a, on a text. You were shocked by the director of this movie, right? Right. Uh, the director is John Singleton. It blew my mind. I couldn't believe yeah. it. So I did a little digging, and Cole Hauser is, he was the villain in uh, Higher Learning, which was John Singleton's follow-up to Boys in the Hood, which which is, I think, mostly a pretty good movie. But he's like the skinhead that uh, that pulls Michael Rappaport in, you know? And then oh, man. Him to yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, but it's interesting because, like, you got Singleton who's like, uh, you You said this in a text to me. He's like, this is the low point of this guy's career, right? Like, <laughs> too fast, too furious. But he got a paycheck probably because I, I have to imagine the budget on this film was pretty steep. And he was able to bring in folks that he had worked with before and trusted, even if they were in, like, uh, racial drag almost. Sure. Um, this was... His follow, the, the movie he did just prior to this was Baby Boy, which was Tyrese Gibson's first movie. Oh, and whoa. Tyrese Gibson was also in Pump the Brakes because you blew my mind there. <laughs> Tyrese, Tyrese Gibson, Ronan's character, is Tyrese playing Ronan, we essentially own to John Singleton for bringing him in. Oh, okay. All right. This explains I think so. So let me blow your mind even further, my friend. Okay, please do. So you were correct uh, in saying that they they immediately wrote the script after the first movie. Uh, they did it assuming Vin Diesel would sign on, but then Vin Diesel did not sign on and decided to do Chronicles of Riddick instead. And so oh. then they had to scramble to rewrite the script. 
And that's when they wrote in the Roman character and the Tej character. Okay, give me a second here. I'm going to try and do a, a <laughs> an audio effect. All right, you ready? You ready? Okay. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Thank you, uh, dude. I mean, like that. Okay, so that that makes complete sense because it, it should have been one or the other. I, I think like having both of them there was like. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe one of these guys will have charisma of Vin Diesel. Hey, who knows? Maybe they both will. It, like having them both there seemed like an odd choice. And so it totally makes sense that they were scrambling to try and get this figured out if Vin Diesel went on to do the sequel to the other movie that he really liked that he he got a lot of positive press for Pitch Black. And it also makes sense to me because Vin Diesel is like a huge fantasy sci-fi nerd guy i mean like he's one of the first guys to come out of hollywood in like the past 20 years who's like oh yeah i played dungeons and dragons you know like he, he is like <laughs> into like nerd culture and so it makes complete sense to me that if he was pitched two high budget sequels he would go with the one with the fantasy element or sci-fi element uh you know like i i don't even know what you call chronicles of riddick because it's kind of both but uh, th that makes complete sense to me. And then, of course, that movie bombed. And here's the other thing that like, I, I've kind of picked up after following these movies for several years. Vin Diesel kind of has a bit of an ego. Kind of has a bit of an ego. I, I just, you don't say. I'm sorry. Hey, Kelly, sit down. I got some news for you. <laughs> Are you sitting down? Uh, Vin Diesel has a bit of an ego. And the thing with Chronicles of Riddick is his character's name is Riddick. And so <laughs> with Pitch Black, he was... His his name was not Johnny Pitch or or like uh, Samuel Black. You know, was, oh Johnny it, Pitch, yeah, Johnny Pitch, Johnny Pitch. Um, it 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 was uh, uh, Riddick. And so if you're if you're Vin Diesel and you've got a bit of an ego on you and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to pick uh, between two movies that did better than anybody expected to, and I don't know what <laughs> happened and why this worked out, but um, I'm going to go with the one with my character's name in it. And uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. That makes a lot of sense from what I know about Vin Diesel. I'm, I'm not saying he's not a good guy. I'm sure he's a great guy. But everything I've read, sci-fi nerd, also a bit of a uh, bit of an ego on him. So it would make sense that he would go with the sci-fi guy with his character's name in the title. Well, you know, while I haven't seen any of these sequels, I've certainly paid enough attention to the press. Uh, to know that whenever, in whatever capacity, The Rock becomes involved in this, that he and Vin Diesel did not hit it off. And I don't think the room was quite big enough for both of their egos. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And uh, just so you know, at some point during the tenure of this podcast, I'm going to call you a candy ass, and then shit's going to go down. <laughs> All right? <laughs> I can I can smell what you're cooking. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. All right. I'm picking up on what you're throwing down. All right. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. All right. Back on track. Uh, the music. What did you think of the music in this uh, in, in the sequel compared to the first one? You know, the thing that probably stands out the most is that the music did not stand out in a terrible way. I don't really remember it. I think like whatever was happening during the racing sequences must have been good enough, better than the first movie because it actually didn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> but but I can't tell you a single what a single one of those songs are. And you know what? I think that's the important thing though. It's like you don't have to because maybe it's not like oh I need to go buy the soundtrack. 
but it's also good enough that you're like, what the fuck is this? Can I continue <laughs> watching this show? I, I'm getting a little blue here, and I apologize, but uh, I've, I've been drinking tumblers of box wine in anticipation of talking about this, so uh, forgive me, <laughs> sir. So, you've seen The Fast and the Furious. You've seen Too Fast, Too Furious. And you've not been living under a rock for the past 20 years, so you have to have heard about Tokyo Drift. What are your expectations for Tokyo Drift? Well, that's the one where I was definitely aware that there's nobody from the original movie in that movie. Um, that's probably the one that I I was like, okay, I'm expecting that to be the standalone, even though uh, this one turned out to be pretty standalone-ish, you know, with Paul Walker. But with Tokyo Drift, it's got my boy Lucas Black. And let me tell you, I love me some Lucas Black. I, uh, I'm a diehard fan of the city of New Orleans, which uh, somehow turned me into what, what, what's the good to my guilty pleasure on television is NCIS New Orleans because they shoot on location and I love New Orleans so much. And I started watching the show and Lucas Black co-stars with, uh, you know, Sam Beckett and yeah. uh, <laughs> who never lets home. <laughs> he he never left home. Oh God! Did, did, uh, um, did Lucas Black ever leap home? Well, spoiler alert! Uh, just warning everyone: he died on the show this past season. Oh, okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> that gives me hope. Maybe in the ninth or tenth, whatever Furious we're on, he'll show back up. Okay, so. let me ask you this: Is there a chance that during NCIS New Orleans we get Dean Stockwell reprising his role? talking to Scott Bakula, figuring out a way to fix things so Lucas Black lives. I think that's a great idea for a script, but I'm going to tell you what. In, in, the, <laughs> yeah. in the first season of NCIS New Orleans, Dean Stockwell does have a guest appearance. Oh, what? Yep. Okay. All right. I'm checking that out. <laughs> is, is anyone in that episode named Sam? <laughs> if I don't get Dean Stockwell, I don't. Star, I don't, I don't remember somebody named Sam. Then I, I'm uh, then I'm going to be crushed. But uh, okay. Anyway, sorry. I think what all, all I was originally trying to say is that uh, L Lucas Black was on that show and he was incredibly terrible on it. Okay. But somehow, after watching it for a while, I just kind of grew to love him and that thick Alabama accent and. It's just hard to explain. Now, I've seen him in Friday Night Lights, the, the original movie. Yeah. And, of course, he was the kid in Sling Blade, uh, which yeah. was, oh. that was that was his big role, right, to put him on the that. map. I did not realize that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So, man, but, like, there, there's so much. We're going to have so much fun talking about Lucas Black next time because. <laughs> Alabama goes to Tokyo and battles the Yakuza. I'm all in. I got a lot to say about Lucas Black. Peyton Manning. Is all that's it, but anyway, so we, we, we'll say <laughs> no, that you're right. Next episode, but okay, so you've got the expectations for your favorite Alabama son. Uh, we'll call him uh, Deacon Blue, uh, Lucas Black. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else? What else do you expect from it? I'm hoping it'll be a little bit weird. Uh, I feel like movies that involve the Yakuza, uh, there's some good ones out there. I I always enjoyed the bizarre Black Rain with Michael Douglas and Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia. That was during that time where they're like, Andy Garcia is too handsome not to have him be a leading man. But <laughs> he's still not leading man enough, so he's going to be a secondary leading man to somebody else. And then by the time they figured out what to do with him, he was just like the the bad guy in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. Really weird, 
trajectory for that guy. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was a, a strange arc uh, because you know I think as terrible as Godfather Three is, he, his performance is really a high point in that film. Is, I mean, it is. I mean, yeah. dude, listen, I, I I will go to bat any day of the week for the film Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. Oh yeah, that yeah. was totally like his vehicle. It also happened to be kind of a terrible Quentin Tarantino clone, and there was a lot of like really. Okay, we're we're making a a. Uh, I don't even know how to say it. It was just like really weird choices made in that movie, but he was great, and I still love that movie. Um, okay, so yeah, hoping it's a little bit weirder. Um, do you know anything else about the cast? I don't. I know absolutely okay. nothing. All right, uh, are you familiar with the rapper slash actor known as Bow Wow? Is Bow Wow? Is that little Bow Wow? Does he become Big Bow Wow, or does he have a dad named Bow Wow? He he, he grew up (laughs) as Lil Bow Wow, and now in this movie, he's Bow Wow. He's Bow Wow, okay. This film film was his uh, threshold into maturity. So uh, there's some Bow Wow in this. uh, I got to say, does a pretty good job. Um, I'm going to try and do a thing where I I set your brain a little bit to where my brain is for the upcoming movie, okay? Okay. Um, Tokyo Drift, historically has had the worst, worst reviews of these movies. Now, maybe Too Fast, Too Furious was up there with it because what the hell was that, right? I mean, like, it, it com- almost a complete misfire as a sequel. They, they got the cars and they got Paul Walker, and that is it. But Tokyo Drift almost became a punchline for a while. It's like, how the hell do you, do you make Tokyo Drift? I'm going to tell you, man, I really enjoyed this movie. If, if I were to watch this movie as a standalone of any of the fast and the furious movies, I'd probably enjoy it the most. Okay. Wow. So, uh, yeah, that's high praise. It it is. And I, I gotta say the racing in, in this film and the specialized racing in this film, top notch. So I think you're going to enjoy those two things. And also there there's, Oh man, the mentor character in, in, uh, Tokyo drift is just a joy to behold. I'm glad that the cast is mostly going to be a surprise because that's, that's really what I'm enjoying with each film, you know, is just yeah. spotting, you know, they do a good job of, of bringing interesting people into the roles, no matter how interesting or uninteresting those roles are. Right. Yeah. Cause I got to say sure. with too fast, too furious, like one of the, one of the things like going back to that, I think with the fast and the furious, I feel like you had just much better shades of gray with the characters, you know, yep. Yep. nobody being like overtly cartoonishly good or bad. And, right. and that just all goes out the door in the second film. <laughs> okay, well, well, okay. Again, I'm going to tell you, Kelly, sit down because that never comes back. That that never okay. comes back. That, that's gone. That's all right. Gone. So that's the gone. lines, the lines in the sand are clear. They're actually not in the sand anymore. <laughs> there, there's no more lines. There, there, yeah, there, there's there, no more sand. <laughs> there's nothing. There, there's only uh, you and me, and we just disagree. That's, that's it. <laughs> There's going to be some uh, Han Solo type characters. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, so be on the lookout for uh, your your Han type characters. Sounds good. Well, I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm going to watch this first thing in the morning, uh, which will be, you know, like a week before the listeners are actually hearing this episode. But sure, it's been a blast. I think this was a great idea, and hopefully the listeners do too. We have gotten a little bit of feedback, and it's uh, it's been good for the most part. Yeah, I mean, they, there are a couple of people who are crying and saying "fuck you" and 
how dare you do this to Bill and Ted, but you know. <laughs> so speaking of Bill and Ted, we I guess we have maybe a little bit of news we can we can discuss. We have quasi news. Yeah. It looks like uh so the effects, the last bit of effects they have to do are on hold currently. And that's definitely de- delaying the trailer. One can probably assume the release will be delayed at this point, but we we haven't heard anything definitive. Yeah, it, nothing has definitively been delayed. If things, because all this effects work is being done out in California, California is being very, very safe. Um, they're making sure that only essential workers are going into work now. There's a lot of sunlight and bleach in California. Right. If, every, if everybody drinks their bleach and blows sunshine up their own asses for the next couple of weeks, they can probably beat this thing and get back to making movies. Um, the, the point is, like, there's probably two weeks left of effects work to do on the movie, uh, Face the Music. If they get that done and theaters reopen up again, there won't be a delay. But that's a lot of ifs. Right now, nothing has been officially canceled. But the trailer and the teaser have been delayed. There's a rough cut, which Ed Solomon has seen and he likes, but the final cut is not ready yet. Just got to keep our fingers crossed, baby. But, you know, whatever goes down, goes down. And it's cool. And, and it's cool, as, as long as it gets released eventually. Eventually. If not, um, <laughs> I got no reason to live. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Oh, Kelly, I love you, man. Thank you so much for doing this with me. You're keeping me sane. This has been awesome. Uh, I do want to throw a little shout out to our producer, our uh, podcast guru, Michael Eads. Uh, We hope you're safe at home right now. And JT, just hope we can all be excellent to each other. (laughs) Party online, dude. Hey, hey, no apologies necessary. Do we put the little E? Do we put the little E on our on our podcast when it's published? Do we need to talk to Michael talk to Michael about that? About the what? Uh, the little E, you know, for explicit on our on our podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Fuck it. Okay. All right. Sorry, Amelia, if you're listening to this later. Daddy loves you. Um okay. <laughs> uh.